BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Welcome back, Redheads, to another episode of the Redheads Book Club November edition. Technically our spooky episode because we just read our October book. I'm here with the girls. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes getting the Redheads all at the same time in the same room with the ability to record it's harder than other times. This was one of those months where it was all my fault. I just could, I could not find the time. So I'm so glad to finally be here with my girly swirlies, ready to discuss books. Hi, everyone. Becky, how are you? Let's start with you. One, because it's your month. And two, because you spent the month on your honeymoon. Can you tell us about that? Um, my month was incredible. And just an FYI to the redheads the last time we got together I recapped my wedding this time we're getting together I'm recapping my honeymoon this is the most interesting my life will ever be here on forward I will have nothing interesting to contribute (laughs) but I had an amazing honeymoon I went to Africa we went to Uganda and Tanzania and then an island off the coast of Tanzania which was the most special spectacular place I've ever been in my entire lifetime there were highlights a plenty. I went hiking with gorillas, and that was remarkable. Um, I saw the big five, including a black rhino. There's like 10 left in the Serengeti. And um, the people in Africa are just the kindest, warmest, most incredible humans I've ever had the pleasure of spending time with. So I just was like, my soul was nourished. Um, Not to be dumb, but what's the big five? Oh, the big five are... Um, animals that you see on safari and they are the five animals that are not hunted by anyone else so rhinos elephants lions leopards and um buffalo that was impressive pulled that out did you guys know the big five definitely not no i just pretended to yeah like I, I was like, is this something I should know? At first, I thought it was going to be like this, the eight wonders of the world sort of thing. Like you saw, you know. I was like the Jackson 5. <laughs> Machu Picchu. I'm sorry, that is, um, that's safari lingo. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. You're better than us because you went on safari. And I'm really sorry that I, I should have explained it, you guys. Um, yeah, no, to I. To your uncultured swine friends. Literally. Our swine part of the big five. <laughs> You're honestly fortunate that we are still in this crew together now that I'm a safari girly. Totally. <laughs> totally. So 
Did you read a lot on your honeymoon? Do you have a lot to contribute to this episode? Finally, you guys, I have something to contribute, but not as much as everybody expected. I mean, everyone primed me to have the most amount of time. They're like, in between your morning and evening safaris, you're just going to lay around and do nothing. I was in a car all day, every day, seeing animals or we were traveling. I had not one minute to spare until we got to the island. So I read then, but I, I had not 30 seconds. I could barely even text you bitches. Like, I was like, I'm sorry. Like, I am in the middle of nowhere. I have no service and I'm not reading um but I did get a few in at the end of the trip which was lovely that's good that you had such an active honeymoon because as we've discussed I don't know on this podcast but we talk about on the toast sometimes how like a honeymoon is kind of just like designed to make you hate your new spouse because you spend so much time together with nothing to do well it's funny because we our island portion was like this amazing private island which like I did not realize and we got there and we were literally the only ones there and I was like I gotta get out like I love Evan more than anything but like he, you want to keep it that way he was the <laughs> only one there and I was like it's been five days I have got to see another soul besides like the people who are helping us out here yeah no I'm glad you guys so like that's people's entire honeymoons for like mm-hmm. two plus weeks and I'm like wait what no like I gotta get like a, a crowd of like 60 in my vicinity yeah, that's your safari troop. Did you make friends on your safari? Oh, we did make friends. Hey, Daniela. Hey, Hector. Oh they were in our... Um... <laughs> do they know that you do a podcast? Well, that's why I said hi, because they like eventually came out that I am part of this incredible podcast situation. And um, we met a couple from Mexico City who we were um, in like the Serengeti with. They were like in our safari car. They were also honeymooning and they were so, so sweet. And Danielle is a big reader. So I was like, please listen. She just read Fourth Wing and loved it. I was like, listen to the epi. Oh my God, perfection. Hi, Daniela. Hi, Hector. Hi, Daniela. Hi, Hector. <laughs> Dana, do you not want to say hi to oh, Hector I was Daniela? waiting for you to introduce Matthias. <laughs> gosh don't even more friends more friends just I'm telling you guys like I my soul was like I like my heart was touched by the people that I left your heart in Africa I left my heart in Africa (laughs) I wept when I told Dana about it that was like seven days after I left I was like obviously unwell like please someone do like a wellness check in like the next 36 hours I'm I'm so glad you had such an amazing trip it was amazing it's such an amazing continent and the countries that we visited incredible there's so much to do and see and Uganda is the most underrated country in the entire world go visit yeah, wow. I'll just go tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, make that happen. There's a little weekend spurt. Yeah, a weekend warrior. Well, we're happy to have you back. Happy to have you on the episode with all of your new insights to contribute. Dana, how are you doing? Oh, everything is going to pale in comparison to that. I'm so yeah. jealous of Ritz past month adventures. I've been the same. I had a lot of weddings this month. I saw Jax in Florida, which was so epic. And now I'm just like cruising through the end of Q4, end of the year. End of Q4 holiday season. We're coming into Dana's month. I'm really excited for what you have up your sleeve. I'm not confirmed on what we're reading next month, but I think I know and I'm excited. I agree. All of our recaps are going to pale in comparison to Rebecca's, but we could, you know, give it a shot, snitch. Anything to compete with? Literally nothing to compete with except for my Halloween costume. That was a pretty, that was a nice. You looked incredible. Thank you so much. I the reputation your, um, one. Fairly the odd parents one. won the most snitch. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah that, that was really cute. It. That was, I guess, I, that was a fraction of the cost, though. I guess I have a bone to pick. Yeah, it was free because I gave you my dress. Well, I had to get the other dress, but yeah. I guess I have a bone to pick with the reputation costume. 
Okay. Because you didn't tell me about it. Yeah. Like I found out like on Instagram just like some slob. Yeah, I, that's true. I didn't tell you about it. But like also, I don't even think you like commented on my posts or well, like told me about she it. She was hurt. Like you didn't Because now that anything. I'm reflect now that I'm reflecting on it, because I was genuinely in shock that you had <laughs> made like a custom costume, went to all this trouble and like didn't tell me that's just like stuff that we talk about. And if I had known that you were going to be Taylor Reputation, like I would have come up with my comment in my head, but I was so shocked and put on the spot. I didn't know what to say. <laughs> you, I don't even think you liked it. No, I think I did. I, uh, think I, did. I don't think you did. You. I actually think you muted her. No, literally. No, after that, because I was so hurt. No, let's see. Okay. I liked the one of you on the floor. That okay. is liked. The real? I liked your real. Okay. I did. And I liked the one in front of the white wall, because okay, I'm just fine. like some random person on your Instagram feed. I'm no one number. Snitch, it sounds like I'm you noticed a number. her activity I did, on your I, Instagram. So yeah. you should have reached out to sis. Well, and because like, I recently okay. noticed, I recently noticed that like none of my sisters comment on my Instagram posts. <laughs> and like oh everyone God. comments on each other's, but nobody comments mm -hmm. on mine. And like Let maybe it's because you. I like post a lot. And like, so no. it's just like whatever. Let me tell you, because I did comment on Claudia's. The thing is like, I didn't have... Nothing came to mind for what to say. And it might be because I was unprepared. Like, if I knew you were going to be reputation, like, I would have thought through lyric. Like, I just would have been thinking about reputation. Something would have come to mind. And I just feel like, also with Claudia, like, we're always doing, like, show stuff. So I can just write, like, you know, yet ugly. And that works. <laughs> but with you, like, I need to put in more effort. And I just... I, I kind of hear you though. Like you can't put it into words, but like it, it's hurtful. Like not getting that comment when like you no. know the other sisters are. A thousand no, literally, percent. I just want you to know. I like attempted to comment on your reputation thing when like you revealed it, and I couldn't think of something like. Is that a loss it, for yeah, words? Relevant. You, you left her speechless. She, I read her. No, speechless. I was speechless. And it's like when I leave a comment, I want it to be, you know, like break the internet. And I feel like I'm always like, oh, my God, the bunk is quaking. So I want it to be like better right. than You're not going to be and like I'm cute all... outfit. So, yeah, and so the bunk was all quaking. or nothing. No, the bunk is always quaking. But then like if you then if you look at all my comments on your Instagram, it's like camper this counts that like I wanted to say something new and I couldn't think of anything. So I, I didn't do anything, honestly. It's OK. Um, Jax, how are you? Speaking of epic Halloween costumes. Oh, my God. Right, Halloween. How fun was that? I'm good, just like really busy and booked and reading books and excited to have, you know, the next 45 minutes with you guys to catch up on all of those things. I was saying to Claudia on the Patreon, you know, the only me time I get these days is when I'm like up in my studio podcasting. So this is le leisure for me. This is fun. Good. Wow. I'm I love having to hear fun. It. I sound like it. <laughs> I'm having so much fun. This is me hanging out with my friends. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> okay, well, let's get into this month's book. We read The Dead Romantics by Ashley Poston. It was a Becky's Choice, a little bit of a spooktacular book for the spooky season. Becky, you are in charge of recapping this book, which should be decently easy. Let's give it a go. Yeah. Let us give a go. The Dead Romantics features our main character, Florence Day, She's a ghostwriter in New York City for one of the most prolific romance authors in the industry. And she has a problem, ladies and gentlemen. After a terrible breakup, she no longer believes in love. 
So when her new editor, a hottie named Ben, won't give her an extension on her book deadline, Florence prepares to kiss her career goodbye. But then she gets a phone call that she never wanted to receive, and she has to return home for the first time in a decade to help her family bury her beloved father who passed away. So for 10 years, Florence has run from her hometown, and she's run away from her loving family and their funeral parlor family business. Um, So she arrives home in her South Carolina town where we learn a very interesting detail about her life that she can see and interact with ghosts. And this is also a gift that her father had. So it turns out this ghost who shows up at her doorstep is her hottie editor, Ben, who was hit by a car a day earlier. (laughs) I don't mean to laugh, but it is like... What it's, a unlikely. it's unlikely. It's unlikely. What a convenient coincidence. <laughs> it's a coincidence unlike any other. <laughs> he apparently has unfinished ghost business that he needs Florence's help with. The plot continues with a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and it includes a to-do list of funeral arrangements for her dad. All the while, Florence is accompanied by Ben the ghost, and it appears the two are falling in love. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just so unlikely. The day of the funeral arrives and Ben appears to be getting pulled back into the afterlife abyss. But then a twist. Spoiler alert. He's actually alive and he has awoken from his coma. So it's clear that him getting pulled back was actually him getting pulled back into real life. So fast forward to Florence returning back to New York City to her ghostwriting and her belief in love has been reinstated. And then she and Ben fall in love IRL versus whatever they were trying to do before. And all in all, happy endings do exist. The yeah, they end. fall in love IRL as opposed to ghost fucking. Great recap. <laughs> I thought that that's where the book was going, by the way. No, but he could. they couldn't touch each other. So I was wondering where it was going to go. I really, I did think there would be like a... A sex scene with the ghost in some way. They're sort of like tried they're, to be. They're tried to be, but it ended pretty quickly, thankfully. <laughs> Literally. She like put the kibosh on it. I was like, okay. Yeah. No. So let's get into this book. Rebecca, let's start with you. Did you like the book? Overall thoughts? You know, I thought the book was cute. I did think it was a little disjointed. It like went on a little too long. There were a lot of different pieces. I wasn't positive if this was going to be a a book about grief. I didn't know if this was going to be a book about love. It was sort of a blend of both. Like there were just too many pieces for me to like confidently be like, I loved it. But like I didn't mind reading it. It was just it went on a little too long and it was a little too confusing. Okay. I'm going to go in order of, I think, ascending to descending. Snitch, what did you think? Oh, wow. Really? You think I would be number two in liking it? <laughs> yes, I do. Because it was like romance, smutty, like non-serious. Yeah. But like as someone who like never healed from the trauma of her father's death, like I don't know that this book was the book for me. No, um, I was really, really upset while I was reading it because I knew it was going to affect you guys. And I'm sorry. Um, it didn't affect me. Don't worry. I did call Snitch <laughs> to make sure that she was OK. Snitch, and were you OK? Tell them what you told me, which was fair. I was I was OK. Like in the beginning when I realized that it was like about this, I was like, oh, fuck, whatever. And then, like, as I realized the whole fucking book was about this, like, at that point, I just became immune to it. And, like, I was okay. Also, like, I can't explain it. Maybe because of all, like, the other atrocities currently going on in the world. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't, like, relate 
I couldn't relate to what she was going through at the time. Do you think that's why you couldn't relate or because you've never fallen in love with a ghost? No, sorry. I'm just talking about like the grief in the morning. I'm not talking about the um, spirits. Yeah, of like this being a bad thing that happened to her. Like even her boyfriend stealing her book stories. Like, oh, that's such a bad thing that happened to you. And then I'm like... Um, well, I could tell you a couple bad things that could happen yeah. to you. Yeah, I'm not trying to like judge someone's grief, but like to be frank, like it seemed like she was mostly into Ben and like a little less focused on the f- passing of her father. Yeah, totally. but also, I mean, I don't know what I found about this book. Like, it was fine. Like, honestly, it was fine, but it felt so dense. Like, I. It was only like 360 pages, which normally I feel like I but can. who's counting? <laughs> <laughs> which normally I feel like I can fly through. And it took me so long. I think it talk- took me longer than like fourth wing. Like the number just wasn't going up on the percentage. Like it was just never ending. And that makes me think I didn't like it. Yeah. Okay. So you were like mid. I was mid. You were mid. I think I'll go next oh. in saying I just want to be fair. Even if this book had been better I don't know that I would have been able to appreciate it because my mind is just in a million other places right now and it was hard to really focus on something so unserious plus like the uh, unrealistic elements of it it just was kind of hard to get into so I wouldn't really even know if it was good but I don't think that it was I didn't love most of it the only thing that I did like was I only like the parts in New York City whereas I usually feel the opposite it's like let's get to the small town and Mm -hmm. meet the guy but I liked the beginning in the city and then I was like kind of bummed when she had to go home and then live in a funeral home and like you know I don't know interact with crows and ghosts and walk through cemeteries not for me and then when they landed back in LaGuardia I was like into it again I was excited for like when she went I I just liked like the New York City editor publishing lifestyle stuff and not so much like the South Carolina ghost town funeral parlor um but overall it did not grip me uh I there were lines in there that really made me cringe but then there were also lines that I highlighted like there was one or two where I was like I like that I do I like it so it was odd but I appreciated reading a ghost story and I read most of it October 29th through 31st so I was really in Halloween and it was the perfect book to read for a Halloween romance sure yeah feel that Dana I feel like I'm Simon on American Idol (laughs) yeah you by the way you are you don't need to be so actually I didn't find this difficult to get through I finished it really quickly and like the numbers were continuously going up for me so I'll start on a positive that I flew through it that I finished it that I finished it Um, don't put words don't put words in her mouth (laughs) that being said I think this was one of the worst books I've ever read in my entire life I think Bruno and Magnolia could have written a more sophisticated novel they are so so smart I don't know where to begin because I don't know where the story began like I thought it was gonna be oh this this kind of like um procrastinator can't finish her damn book it's gonna be all about how she's gonna like actually find love and be able to write the ending but then her dad who we hadn't even like really met beyond a few stories died I'm like oh wait now it's just like dealing with her dad's grief and then when Ben died I was like fuck no (laughs) no no way when he showed up and she wasn't even phased she's like oh what's this ghost doing here I'll I'll explore this later like didn't even google him till a week later to find out what had happened right she didn't even google him she asked her friend wait by the way that was so bizarre like I remember thinking that being like I feel like he might be awake and like 
And also, when she Googled it and there was no information about the funeral, it's like, why do you think? Because he's not Actually, dead. that was like the well, most was- complex plot device that he was in a coma. Like, at the end, I was like, oh, okay, some thought went into this. Oh, like, I like <laughs> Yeah, but it was also coming. like a little too convenient, like too much of a happy ending as opposed to her. I don't know, maybe she would have like offed herself to be with him forever. Yeah, I was kind of thinking that. <laughs> Same. I was hoping that. I was like, that would make Same. things interesting. Um, the one, I mean, the writing I can't even get into, but I will say the italics, oh my God, girl, like chill with the I t- control I button. Like every other word was in italics for emphasis. Like there are ways to get your point across without emphasizing a document. So that kind remember. of, oh, I didn't know. Open that. any page, one open I one know. page. You'll see a thousand italics. Oh, wow. um, the thing I did like the most about the writing were the chapter titles. I thought those were really punny with their like sp- uh, spooky yeah, they were cute. Yeah, so I, I enjoyed reading the titles of each chapter. <laughs> I will say this book made me appreciate the book I Could Live Here Forever. We said this when we read that book that she never had writer's block and because that's like a really frustrating thing to read about. Yes. And it was really annoying like that she had writer's block and also she had writer's block for the obituary and then was like, and then I wrote the obituary and it was very good. Oh, They never oh. like actually showed her exceptional writing. Wait, yeah, and get your shit more. together. Start like a doing your deadlines like why are you going yeah. out and getting drunk this is due tomorrow that drama that is what frustrated me so much she had a to-do list for her father's funeral and you are out fucking around walking <laughs> through ghost. cemeteries i was like go home be be responsible lady 100%. come on no, my personality is just very type a with like deadlines and getting things done <laughs> so i was like twitching i was like how are you at a bar right now oh and when she grabbed ben's face and started making out with him outside the bar i was like what, what? is happening I literally gripped my Kindle with cringe. <laughs> but what I did like about the book is that, like, when she, from the minute she walked into his office, she thought he was hot and, like, contemplated the idea of hooking up with him. Whereas I feel like so many times in these books, it's like, I'm heartbroken. I don't believe in love. And the most charming guy is, like, staring you in the face. It doesn't even occur to you that, like, you might like him. I'm actually reading another book that I had to put down for a second that's just like that, where it's like, I don't believe in love, yet I'm hanging out with this guy every single day. And it just never crossed my mind that he could be the one for me. So so I was glad to see that, like, from the minute she saw Ben, like, her antennas went up. Like, oh, hunky. Yeah, you're hunky so dory. right. Like, dory. it would have been more frustrating if they saw each other on the street and it was this prolonged story. But she just grabbed his face. <laughs> yeah. And, like, he was a, a, a very good suitor, like, from the beginning. He wasn't, like, you know, enemies to lovers. Not Like, there was nothing like that. He was always very supportive of her and outwardly handsome. But I'll argue that her making out with him was not required for the progression of the story at all they never addressed it not Rebecca not at all even when they like were in his office at the last scene and she goes in like feeling awkward it's like maybe feel awkward because you guys made out the night before he was hit by a car 100% I was like we're not gonna talk about this at all that is so true it was not necessary it maybe should have been taken out the making out yeah I thought it was so, just, so random. Uh, yeah, I thought the book was going in a totally different direction solely because of the makeout. Um, Dana, yeah. I just opened my Kindle and I looked at any book, any page, and there is italics across <laughs> the board. <laughs> she it wasn't, was crazy. She was not exaggerating. Once you noticed it, you couldn't stop. It's also just like a lazy rhetorical device. Like you could get across emphasis without the italic button. Ooh, mic drop, lazy rhetorical device. <laughs> Damn. Is that. Benji Adner or Dana Holtzberg, <laughs> editor at large. Wow. Okay, let's go through the DBQs. The book did have a discussion guide, so it is not on my shit list. 
First up, Florence is a ghostwriter for Anne Nichols. Do you think books written by ghostwriters are just as important to an author's legacy as those written by the authors themselves? Are really popular authors often ghostwritten? Or is that not like a huge scandal? That's a great point. It's, yeah, I don't I don't think don't, this is answering the question, but like my take on ghostwriters is it depends on the severity. Like if your ghostwriting is synonymous with just kind of editing and like cleaning things up, I think that's totally fine. If you straight up hire someone to write verbatim your story, like just call it a biography and make that person the author. Don't pretend it's an autobiography. It's just like I thought your job was to be a writer you know yeah no especially uh, for a celebrity even if you are like Britney Spears she had a ghostwriter who listened to like her uh counseling sessions I think and then wrote her book like that could still be written by Britney Spears because it's like her words but like it's as if J.K. Rowling had a ghostwriter it's yeah. like or you're like, you're not like if you're not an author yes. what are you it's like Colleen Hoover having totally. a ghostwriter yeah 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 then it's yeah I so yeah I would say it would impact someone's legacy yeah scandalous scandal next and it was like she only did it because she was passing away she like knew she was gonna die so she wanted to finish her contract like that was really what was most important oh and when we learned that it wasn't even ann nichols it was her ghost that asked her to be a ghostwriter and in my head i'm like how did that really come to fruition like this ghost asked you and i'm like did a contract get sent through yeah who then told the the agent like i want this writer plot hole i mean there was a million things I think also the author was a little excited. This author of the book was excited by the idea of it being a ghost story about a ghost writer. Like, I think that she was trying to, like, fit that. Yes. A hundred percent. And it was very heavy handed. Like, she spelled it out for us. She was like, I'm a ghost writer and I see ghosts in one of the sentences. It's like, no, we got that. Like, we, we To be it. honest, I didn't put it together <laughs> till right now. <laughs> Did anyone else? Yeah, we put it together. Oh, snitch, did you? That what? She's a ghostwriter who sees ghosts? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I told you I was really checked out, okay? Okay, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, Next. I I know there's going to be a listener who's like, Jax, I'm with you. Next, usually keeping secrets can shake a person's trust in someone else. But Florence's dad kept the secret that he knew who Florence ghost wrote for and had read all of those books. Do you think some secrets can actually build trust once revealed? Okay, these questions are horrible, but at least, <laughs> but but I do want to talk about the fact that she never told her dad who she ghost wrote it for. She regretted that so much and then it turned out he knew. Like, why can't you tell your parents? 1000%. Like the fact that she won't tell her fucking brother. I'm like, tell him we will you think he's gonna like slander your name across like billboards in new york city no one cares who you write for yeah yeah tell your family yeah like they'll keep your secret oh and by the way they were keeping your secret secret. and don't worry florence we'll keep your by the way and their town was like crowley corners because apparently the whole fucking town knew and they didn't say anything including the bitch who chose the thing for the book club Oh, oh by the way can we talk about that by the way, this book would have been awesome if it was about her solving the murder mystery using her ghost-like ESP to save a life. Like, yeah. I wish we got more into that. It was so unrelatable that she was this, like, victim complex. Everyone was mean to me because I spoke to ghosts and saved some. It's like, yo, own it. You're confident in everything else. You go into the book club and saying, I forgive you? The girl's probably like, for what? <laughs> um, For someone who is so, like, just 
trying to heal from her wounds of being shit talked during high school. She's talking quite openly to a ghost all corners of the town. She can't go one minute without talking to Ben in the most public of places who is a ghost. I'm like, everyone's going to see you talking to yourself. Aren't you concerned about this? Isn't this why you haven't showed up for 10 years and here you are? Yeah, also she kept talking about this big murder that she solved, but then like she never really talked about how she solved it, what happened. She said, Yeah, she said like, oh, Harry's dad didn't think that anyone would find him so soon. It's like, oh, okay, so his dad killed him. How did you learn? How did you figure that out? And then there was a point where we found out she had like a crush on him and was like. (laughs) Right. And does she like a lot of the ghosts that she's. Because she liked Harry, she liked Ben. Is it always a handsome. Suitor of yeah, a ghost. Yeah, that seems like the real story to me that they barely scraped the surface of. Yeah. Next, there are many depictions of afterlives in the media. Ghosts, reapers, spirits from all different cultures. Why do you think the theme of death is so universally explored in stories and the concept of life or some semblance of it after death? I think it's like the only thing that's really unknown. So it's ripe for interpretation because nobody has the answer. And it's just like... It's so conceptually opaque. Where do you go? What's our purpose? What happens? Like, it's it's and food it, for fodder. It's but universal. Was that really like the afterlife, though? Because at the end of whatever thing they were solving, they went away somewhere. Yeah, no, it was an afterlife, but not the afterlife. It was kind of like a purgatory, unfinished business sort of thing. Yeah. Well said. Plus one. Next, death and how a person handles it is a big part of the novel. If you could leave a list behind for your loved ones like Xavier does in the story, what would be on it? Like a lot of Fleetwood Mac played at my funeral and like a bunch of fresh flowers and like produce from the farmer's market given out to all. We'll make it happen. A live performance of Luke Combs singing Even Though I'm Leaving. Oh. Okay. And then I want, um, like, I want, a, as, like, I'm being walked down the aisle in my coffin, like, I want a procession of cavaliers walking, like, along. Oh. Um, and then I would like the coffin to be lavender. Oh. It's really beautiful. Thank you. I want only one by Kanye West played. And See You Again by Wiz Khalifa. I've definitely thought about this before. Our friend Heather from Colgate used to always say to me, she's like, I know you've thought about the funeral playlist. If you want to send me it, I'll make sure we play it. <laughs> you love a playlist. Love a playlist. Like, it's just, it's interesting to fantasize about, you know? Like, what, what logistics do you want to happen? I really haven't given it much thought. But I think I would want the climb to be played. Beautiful. Because you're climbing to heaven. No, and it's like one that's my song too. It, the song is like about how it's about the journey, and like that was my journey. That's beautiful. Hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. If Ben and Florence were put in a punder dome, Dana, what's that? <laughs> like a w- battle of wits and puns. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. If they were put in a punder dome, who do you think would win? Kidding, but in truth, do you think this is the question? Of, <laughs> like from the fucking book guide. <laughs> This is the question, verbatim. If Ben and Florence were put in a punderdome, who do you think would win? Kidding, but in truth. Do you think humor and tragedy go hand in hand? Why or why not? I think for a lot of people it does, and I think it's a really good coping mechanism, and that's why they do go hand in hand. Beautiful. Plus one. But I don't think they go hand in hand for unfunny people. I didn't realize they they were supposed to be funny. (laughs) They had like some, you know, because she was like saying about something about a mouse, and, and he was like, 
are they maestroing like maestro? Oh, they're dumb. Puns. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they're dumb. This is about their. This is a question about their dumb puns. <laughs> what did you think about? No, them? they made so many. Like about death a lot. Um, about like ghostwriting, I think. Yeah, and he was like, "Romance isn't dead, or love isn't dead," and she's like, "Well, you are." I definitely, Ooh. though, relate to, like, humor and tragedy going together. So for that, I'm down. Like, that would be my coping strategy. Yeah. But their puns were, like, a little heavy-handed. And they were a little too intricate to be believable that someone would come up with them off the cuff who isn't a yes. comedian. Who can't yeah. I guess they are. They were both, like, literary writers. writers. So maybe they have a way with words. But still, they were, like, when he said that maestros thing, I was, like, that's fucking weird. Like, that's a little too jokey. Next question. Do you feel Lee Marlowe was justified in writing When the Dead Sing? Do you think original ideas exist? Or do we all pull inspiration, knowingly or not, from the lives, from the experiences we've had and the people we've met throughout our lives? No, he was not justified at all. He was obviously a snake. Yeah, that was, like, I understand, like, you're... Like, you can be inspired by something that you, like, see or hear. But she, like, told him a full story. And like, here's the thing. She never admitted to him that it was her life. She was pretending like these were stories about someone. So, like, at least someone can so finish a book, you know? No, but that <laughs> also makes it worse. That makes it worse because it also makes – he thought he was stealing her stories. No, like, he was fully stealing her stories and passing them as his own. And then the fact that he did not tell her he was doing it was indicative of his guilt. Like, if he wrote a book about her, that would still be wrong. But he can write about whatever he sees. But he wrote a book of her stories. That does make it worse. Even though it turned out they weren't stories. You're so right, Snitch, though. It's so funny when his retort was like, bitch, you were never going to write it. Yeah. (laughs) No, no, Dana, it was... Bunny, you were never going to ride it. Stop. Bunny. Um, also, when the dead sing, it's giving where the crawdads sing. Yeah. And I feel like there was a scandal with crawdads about it, like not being an original story. Oh. Or something about, no, this scandal was different. It was about the author was involved in some sort of revenge killing in yeah, real life. Yeah, I kind of remember that. Yeah. And then the book is about a revenge killing. I didn't know that. Yeah. Look it up. Next, if Ben and Florence had a sequel, what do you think it would be about? How do you think Ben will handle his newfound power of seeing dead people? Right, I, I forgot. If there was an, <laughs> if there was a sequel, which I highly recommend, if you are the author that you don't make one, that <laughs> it would be like, I think it should be, it should be Ben and Florence like solving, like not murders, but like solving like stuff. With the stories. Ghosts. Yes, solving okay, stories. Okay, I'm going to take that and tweak it. I think it should be Ben and Florence talking to ghosts and hearing their stories and writing those books. That's cute. And, like, bringing justice to people through, like, sharing their stories and, like, just, like, writing these compelling stories. That's it, cute. It made me so mad how long it took for them to get together after he came out of the coma. Like, no, that made no sense because apparently he knew. Ridiculous. Okay, okay, I just want to say. I, th- I thought about this and it actually made sense because I think, yes, he knew, but he thought for sure he was, he dreamt the whole thing. It was his dream. No. He was asleep. So it's like if you went to sleep and had no. a dream about someone, you would think about them differently, but you would never think that they had the same dream as you. I disagree. So here, listen, I think it's like, I don't think it's like he 
thought it of course he thought of it as a dream I don't think it was like he should have like gone up to her and been like remember what the time we had no but I think he now was feeling differently about her so he should have like reached out gone for coffee and started to like you know he's like maybe this is something that we can like make happen in the real world because I know like in my dream I felt about you that way I don't think it's like hey do you remember what happened it's like oh like maybe let's like let's see if this could happen Okay, I agree, except he might have been feeling, like, too weird to be around her because it's, like, I love her based on a dream that I had and, like, how do I just go to call? You know what I mean? Like, and, and the then what? He was... would, like, convince her to fall in love with him and never, like, tell no, her. No, not convince her. Just, like, let it take on, like, a life of its own. And if they did fall in love, he'd be like, by the way, like, the craziest thing, like, I had this, like, dream. And if she didn't remember, he'd be like, I should, he'd be like, I had this dream and, like, I literally fell in love with you and it, it's what made me want to text you. Like, yeah, but that's the not that weird. Was... The onus was definitely on her because she knew it wasn't a dream and she like figured yes. out what had happened. One thousand percent. She should have gone in and been like, "Do you remember?" And if he didn't, like, okay, then proceed. Like she gets thwarted by like one shadow of a human yeah. in his hospital room, and she's like, "Oh, I tried." Yeah, she flew all this way, and now just because the one person he knew in his life actually sat by his hospital bed, like she thinks. She, she literally left her grieving family on the day of her dad's funeral to get home, and then she didn't even see him. It is, like, so cowardly. And she was a shit daughter. She was there for five seconds and was like, I'm getting a hotel. And the whole time she was there, she was distracted by this ghost. Yeah. Wait, I also want to say one thing that was a plot hole because she said how her family would always come visit her in New York because they knew she couldn't go home because she solved a murder and people were mean to her. Still don't understand why you can't go home and visit your family, but okay. Um, but then she also said that growing up, her family could never take vacation because they were the town funeral mortuary but like they came up for new year's every year now of a sudden we could take vacations <laughs> also the book started with like her hiding her journals under the floor of the f- then we heard like one more thing about it or rel- I was, like, everything that happened i'm like this has no this doesn't tie to anything also like the way that her- <laughs> the first conversation she had on the phone with her brother i had to reread so many times because i was like she's not talking to her brother like this. It was like about how like he's a hottie and like it was about smut. Like you don't talk like it was so weird and not how siblings speak to one another. And then like it was just also like the openness within her family about all the smuttiness and like the fact that her dad read her smutty books. Like no. And there was not even a good smut scene. Like their smut scene was painful. Yeah. Seeing that her dad had found her stash, quote unquote, and stash. why did she keep calling it a stash? No idea, but like that was like her like smut stash. I was like, your poor father. Yeah, you don't let him know the good work that you're writing, and instead he finds your nasty trash. But also, he we find out at the end that he did know that she was ghostwriting for Ann Nichols. How? He just like read the books and knew it was her because oh, he knew his daughter so well. Please. Please. I know. I know. Such BS. Okay, next it's time for the redhead questions. We got a few and they're super funny. So did anyone else see the plot from the very beginning? I thought the first time we met Ben as a ghost and he disappeared, that meant that he was actually alive still in an in-between place, but not fully dead. And at the end, he would wake up and they would be together IRL. Did anyone see that? I saw no. that coming. I hoped like maybe he could come back from the dead for her, but she said she sees ghosts. She never let us know it was a gray area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I was convinced that she was going to off herself. I never thought he was alive. I thought yeah, he was I alive. I did think for it sure. was maybe going in that direction too, right? Like it was and the only in way. the 
the whole book, she was like, whenever she would be reminded to be sad, it would be like about her dad. But like, I would be more sad that I'm falling in love with someone that I will never be able to Touch. be with. A thousand percent. I was like, wow, she's about to get hit hard when she, he is no longer around to be a distraction from her father's death. And then she realizes that like, she's like lost this person that she finally had feelings for. Like, that's a double whammy. And I was like, you're screwed, girlfriend. Yeah. Next, do you feel that Florence was an unreliable narrator? I found the discourse about her feeling like a coward who runs away versus someone who does everything by themselves confusing. <laughs> to me, those are almost opposites, and I found it distracting as to which narrative was actually reflective of her character, her self-diagnosis of her family's constant remarks about how she always is. Great question. Actual. I, I actually don't find them at odds with each other. I think that she deals with everything on her own, so she's like, this is my plan of action. I'm going to distance myself from the situation and like heal by myself in a new city and take take on all of like what I'm experiencing from my past in high school solo yeah. and I think if she was like more collaborative and like more in touch with receiving help she would have like opened up to her family and been like this is what I'm going through any guidance yeah you, question you know what, what was she going weird? through <laughs> <laughs> wait she like, was a hero you know what struck the burden was too much very strange what why did they leave her out of like those like will estate financial conversations and the diner breakfast yeah sequel we'll find out because she was so fucking busy being obsessed with with the ghost (laughs) that literally like gallivanting around town with ben the ghost i don't think she was an unreliable narrator i just think she was an unlikable and super annoying narrator but we've had this conversation in other books too like i could live here forever was she unreliable i don't think so i think she was self-aware what that book was about oh my god with the charlie Charlie, the drug addict boyfriend she was at the writer's program in wisconsin Satchel, we read it two months ago. (laughs) It was about his heroin addiction. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then he died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what we said is like unreliable narrators I associate with someone who's like mental state is altered like they are not reporting accurate events because they're on drugs or they have a psychological disorder. So like, I don't think she was unreliable. I just think she was annoying. Agreed. With that. Next, did you enjoy the breaking fourth wall moments of Florence and Ben discussing how to write a romance book in a real romance book? I thought it was quippy and cute how the author joked about moments being too corny while she was actually writing them. It was refreshing to read something very self-aware that didn't take itself too seriously. Yeah, I yeah, agree. That's cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I liked the idea of it. Not always in practice. Like, it would go a little something like this. No. But it also was the way that it tied together in that office meeting. Yeah, but uh, like you know about the dream, the game. It kind of was refreshing to see an author just like dump her every thought on the page without any organizational <laughs> schema. Like there was no self consciousness about her writing at all, and for that I kind of appreciate it. Like she just wrote exactly what she wanted to write. No editor. <laughs> yeah, she did. Yeah. She had no Ben Benji Andor. <laughs> that is so funny, guys. People love this book. It's. Really? really? The redheads They did like it. it. The comments have positive comments. What? Oh, good. I saw a thread I hope redheads. we're not making you hate no, it. No, I my, saw a thread my original th- of that was bad. Like being like, I DNF'd it. Like, I couldn't believe this is the worst <laughs> no, book they've ever chosen. It was Dude, half I saw half. another thread that was all positive, <laughs> one negative comment. Wait, where was that thread? In the redheads. <laughs> In the redheads. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go and look. I hadn't, I didn't look at anything because I read it so late. So I, I, I haven't seen what the... Um, 
discourses. <laughs> but I will say, I did see a couple people, and people emailed this too, saying the author has written one other book that they loved. I saw so that too. So check out yeah. her other book. No, mm-hmm. I can confirm the responses were definitely divided. Like this was not a 100% at either direction. People were definitely thinking different things. But guys, Goodreads, 93% like this book, 4.4 out of 5. Whoa. Yeah. I'm not going like, in that lake. <laughs> Um, nothing like a self quote. Um, let's get to the moral of the story. What is the moral of the story? My moral of the story was happy endings come in all shapes and sizes. Everything is not as it seems. Mm. How convenient. <laughs> That's good. Uh, what's dead may never die. Ooh. Ooh. I come up I came up with that on the spot. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> a little salt. Now it's time for the Hollywood treatment. If this were made into a movie or TV show, who would you cast as Florence and as Ben? Florence, I had Caitlin Dever. She was in Book Smart, Ticket to Paradise. Yeah. Cute, but not like overtly hot, you know? Yeah, that's cute. Yeah. Smitch. I say her for everything, but she's like really universal. Christine. Christine. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I actually just saw a commercial for something Christine Froseth is in. And what it, do you think? Um, it looked good. Dana, it was, we saw the commercial together. It was like oh, that yeah, Victorian so show. It looked like Bridgerton sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It was about a bunch of girls in big dresses. Uh, Dana, who'd you cast? I had Anna Kendrick. Hmm. I'm going to do Florence Pugh because it's oh. Florence. Oh, that's cute. I also liked one thing I liked about the book is how he called her Miss Day. I like that her last name was Day, I was and I like the that same thing. I like that it was Day's Gone Funeral Home. Same. Yeah, that was cute. That was cute. I like. Yeah, Ben. Who did you have, Rebecca? I had Luke Grimes. He was in Yellowstone because I think he looks like a ghost. Who was he in Yellowstone? Um, he was um Casey, Casey. the brother. Oh, nice. Ish. He doesn't look like a publisher, but okay. He doesn't look like a publisher. Like, he would have to shave his beard, but I, I think that he is, like, fluorescent in skin tone, and I'm like, you look ghostly. Hmm. I th- was thought of Ben's offer. Oh, that's weird. He's fluorescent <laughs> in skin tone, and he <laughs> wears just glasses. That's like, just weird. Like, it's This is, like, this a This is, hot. like, a love story. <laughs> <laughs> like, she talks about wanting to climb Honestly, him. well, no, honestly, I just came up at that point five seconds ago because I couldn't come up with anyone, and then I thought of who's, like, a celebrity that wears glasses. Because you saw the name Ben. That's off a celebrity. <laughs> yeah, literally. Ben. Great. Dana? Uh, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> okay. Um, I had Finn Whitrock. He was in Luckiest Girl Alive. He just is, always looks like a businessman, Bo. Mm. That's a good one. He yeah. has, like, a square yeah. face. Yeah, yeah, he's. <laughs> you can never say it about a girl. I was nope. just thinking that. <laughs> the thing is, like, he's so good looking. Like, it's just not offensive. I like that though. Like, you like think that it's like an offensive thing. Like, that's like my favorite quality and also, in a man. Isn't that something that like authors are always like? He had a square jaw, like, yeah. chiseled. Yeah, yeah it's like, the best. Yeah, it's like a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Now it is time for our rating of this book. Bex, let's start with you. What would you give this? I gave it a three out of five. Snitch. 2.8. Me, 2.5. Dana? 2.3. 
overall Redheads rating of the Dead Romantics is a 2.65. Let's pull up our Redheads ranking, shall we? Snitch. What? Feels right. right. Okay, sorry. I should have had my sheet up. Okay, 2.65 makes it. Right above our country friends. You suck. (laughs) Number 45 out of 46. Whoa. I mean, honestly, you guys, that's fair. We were on a streak. We were on a really good streak. We went like, really I want to be streak. clear that it is a 93% and a 4.4. Like, I was Listen, misled. We're wild over here. Our rankings are out of control. They don't, like, have a rhyme or reason. They are what they are. On our three-year so anniversary, much. we should all re-rank. I love that, except we're coming up on four years. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the other books that we read this month. Snitch, did you read anything? I did. So I read the third book in the series of the things um, we never got over. This is the things we left behind. And it was it wasn't that good. Like there's no I wouldn't bother reading the full series. Like just read the first one and you're set. Then I read finally The Housemaid and The Housemaid's Secret. Um, Mm -hmm. Both good, easy books, um, like kind of really freaked me the fuck out. But besides that, good books. I do like Freedom McFadden's books. They're very digestible. And then I read Mrs. Nash's Ashes, which was like a book that Emily told me to read because she thought I would like it. And she wasn't, she was kind of wrong. Um, It was fine. (laughs) But you guys, you guys, you know what comes out on Monday? Iron Flame. I already pre-ordered. Me too. I'm so excited. Me too. And that's it. Okay, great. Well, we'll be recapping Iron Flame. Like, we'll do a mini recap next month. Okay, Bex, what did you read on your honeymoon? I'm actually really happy to do this section because I canvassed the redheads to help guide me for my honeymoon book reads. And I promised to do an update because I actually got a lot of DMs being like, what did you end up reading? So, Jax, maybe we could do a post because I feel like I owe it to the crew. And we owe a Becky book dump. Yes, we owe a Becky book dunk, but mostly, like, I asked so many redheads for recommendations, so I just want to let them know. Um, But I was terrible about updating because, like, the world was on fire while I was gone, and so I was just, like, I'm going to stick with my own thoughts right now. Um, I read, during my honeymoon, The Unhoneymooners. That was the number one recommendation. Um, It wasn't for me, I'm not going to lie. It was... (laughs) just a little simple not simple it was just like a a little silly and it wasn't what I was looking for I also read yellow face which is a pretty like hot of the moment book yeah Um, I I thought it was really good um and just like an interesting read so I gave that a four out of five I gave the honey unhoneymooners a three out of five and then I read dark matter which was a book that Dana and Josh Webman have been recommending to me. And they recommended to my husband, who did not read it. So I read it. And then he got so jealous because it was so good that he ended up reading Recursion, which is by the same author. Oh, my God. We need to discuss Dark that. Matter was awesome. Could not recommend it more. Um, I gave it like a 4.3 out of 5. And that was that was it. I read so three books. That's good. I read four books this month. That's like a book a week. That is, that is a lot. Thanks. That's great. Dana, what about you? So I read Tom Lake by Ann Patchett, her new book. How was it? I really liked it. I don't think the redheads would mimic my enthusiasm, but I just think she's an incredible writer and it was like really up my alley. So I recommend it. 
Jax, that was the one that we spoke about that I almost selected. That we almost That's picked. wonderful. But I'm also glad yeah. to hear that, like, Dana's not like, oh, we should have read it. So No, no, no. I, and also, it was a little covety, so, like, I know how we felt about our country friends. Like, it might have gotten the same backlash. But if you like Ann Patchett's other books, I highly recommend this one. I gave it a 4.5. Then I read A History of Present Illness by Anna DeForest. I gave it a 3.5. If you recommended this to me, please come forward. I have no idea how it ended up on my Kindle. I literally saw it one there one day and I was like I must have downloaded this for a reason I don't even remember what it was about it was extremely like not noteworthy so 3.5 then I read Talking at Night by Claire Daverly I gave that a 3.8 I think Snitch would really like this it's like a sophisticated rom-com a little frustrating with as Jackie was saying before all the back and forth between people before they realize they like each other but overall great book and then last, I read The Camper and the Counselor by Jackie Ashray. Hey. <laughs> it's so funny seeing it on my Kindle when I'm going to do this exercise. I'm like, oh my God, this is this counts. This counts towards book goal. I would yeah, like to add that to my book. You have too. to. It's so yeah, funny. Yeah, add it. Market is read on Goodreads. Give it five stars. This goes for everyone who did read it. Like tell Goodreads you read it and give it, you know, the amount of stars that you want to give it. I think that it deserves five, but you know, whatever. I want to be clear that I have read it a hundred times to my nieces and nephews and they could not be more obsessed. You guys, I'm not biased. Well, I I mean, I obviously am because Jackie's my best friend, but it is such a good book. The kids love it. They are so entranced by it. Like if you need five minutes of calm, read this book to them and they will be straightforward listening. I don't care how young they are. Everyone's in, in a trance when reading The Camper and the Counselor. No, it's so true. Like obviously I would say nice things about my book because I wrote it, but there is something like, magical about the book and how the kids just really love it I do think it is the illustrations just it looks like you know what they see on tv which it's hard to compete with tv like why would a kid want to read a book when there's a huge 60 inch tv in front of them but like these are really vivid illustrations that paint a picture and the rhymes are really fun and like the kids can get involved like it really is addictive my sister was obsessed with the illustrations and she has a young child so she sees a lot of books she's like these illustrations are miraculous the bulbs on the bunk beds they come to life counselor snitch is hot that's what all the dads say (laughs) that's what all the kids say too that's there's something for everyone in the book um is that everything you read dana yes Okay, I only read, I only finished one book this month. The other book I'm at like 80%. I had to put it down for um, this month's Redheads book. But I read Becoming Molly May by Molly Hogg. Molly May Hogg, she's from Love Island and I'm obsessed with her and her Instagram. And then like I literally was watching her vlogs and she wrote a book a few years ago. So I was like, let me read her book. Um, it was, it would have been hard for any book to capture my attention this month because it's been an incredibly hard month and my mind is completely elsewhere. With that said, like there wasn't that much to grab me within this book. One of my favorite things about Molly May is that she is a new mama. And this book was written well before she had a child. So my favorite part of her life wasn't even included in the book. And it was more sort of like about, you know, her getting like lip filler and all this stuff that I, I'm just like not super um, engaging with right now. So I love her and it was a really cute book. Uh, but I was missing Bambi, which is her daughter. But that makes sense because she wrote it before she was engaged or had a baby so that's all I read this month that's all we read that's all we wrote and we will see you next month I hope everyone has a great month wait Dana what are we reading next month okay people we are traversing genre boundaries a little bit with this next pick 
It is The Woman in Me by Britney Spears. <gasps> Wait, I'm, I'm so excited. So excited. Britney Spears' memoir, speaking of ghostwriters. <laughs> literally another another ghost story but um, I love this for us one because we're doing something new and this is a book everyone's talking about and so everyone who's reading the book which is everyone I think she's breaking like crazy sales records now everyone can come to the redheads to hear us discuss it wait I'm so pumped because I want to read it so badly and now I have no excuse totally and I feel like I would want to read it so badly but wouldn't actually read it because I just don't do celebrity memoirs so like this is a great opportunity too Agreed. I'm so excited. I love this for us. It's the last book of the year. And also make sure that you guys get your rankings in for best books of the year. We're going to do all of that when we talk next month. So thank you to the Redheads for participating. Thank you to the Redheads at home listening. And we will see you next month. We love you. Love Love ya. ya. Bye. Bye.